It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Really appreciate you joining us. Uh, 6.35 is the time. And, uh, well, a lot to talk about. And an awful lot of what is in the news at the moment is about what has gone on uh, behind the the door, behind the windows and the walls of a number 10 Downing Street. We're going to be talking about that uh, quite a lot this morning. But the interesting thing is, is how few Tory MPs are willing to come out to either defend the Prime Minister or to criticise the Prime Minister. It's almost like they're waiting to see how all of these stories ride with the voters before they come out and say anything, see which way the wind blows. Well, uh, a lot of the stories uh, relate, of course, to uh, what Boris Johnson said before uh, the... Well, when he's just after he announced the second lockdown, this is let the bodies pile high in their thousands. This was a claim on the front of the mail yesterday. It's been backed up by the BBC and uh, um, ITV with other sources that, uh, that indeed this was said, even though uh, uh, Cabinet uh, Office Minister Michael Gove has said that he was there, he told the Commons yesterday, and he never heard language of that kind. Um, we're also told that uh, uh, that uh, Boris Johnson also said uh, he would let Covid rip. That was a claim before he went into the second lockdown as well. Um, I wonder, though, if people are more concerned about whether or not uh, there was public, well, well money, money that was given by private donors to uh, Boris Johnson to fund Downing Street re- re- renovations and whether that is concerning people more, despite particularly the issue, the idea that you spend £88,000, £30,000 of it taxpayers' money uh, on refurbishing a, a rented flat above number 11 Downing Street. So um, I'm wondering what, what of this is cutting through and what voters, if at all, will be bothered about. So let's talk about this with Conservative commentator Benedict Spence. He's joining me all this morning. Good morning to you, Benedict. 
Good morning, Julie. Um, How are you? Very well indeed. This is the stuff that absolutely obsesses lobby journalists, uh, political journalists. I, I was doing that job for, for 10 plus years. Um, this is the stuff you get very caught into. These are these are people you know well. Dominic Cummings bearing him. You know, Boris is the prime minister, one of the most famous politicians, even long before he was prime minister. He was a backbench MP, still probably the most recognisable MP. Um Dominic Cummings, after the whole Barnard Castle affair, um, and of course that, that uh, mm-hmm. documentary when he was played by Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, very, you know, obviously one of the most well-known political advisors we've we've had in recent decades. Um, this battle, this this this, I mean, warfare between the two of them, this is playing out on the front page of the papers. How much do you think most people going about their daily lives, rebuilding their lives, worried about their jobs, worried about their families, their kids schooling, a family member with cancer that's been untreated, all of that. How much do mm. you think people care about this? Uh, very little at this moment in time. And I think we will see this probably reflected in the upcoming uh, local elections, regional elections and the Hartlepool by-election. I suspect the Tories will end up doing rather well uh, across the board. Uh, and I think in the short term, uh, this is going to have very limited cut through. But I actually don't think that a lot of this is for the short term. I think that this is actually far far more of a long term strategy to undermine the prime minister. I mean, it's interesting that you point out that very few Tory MPs are going on the record about this. Now, let's take actually what the prime minister has said about bodies or, you know, the, the lockdown itself. Let's take that and put that to one side for a second, just because right now that is surprisingly popular. It may not stay popular once people understand the full cost of lockdown further down the line. But for now, it is still just about popular. I actually think, though, that this is far more aimed at the Tory MPs themselves. Mm. And I think sort of fermenting indiscipline and discontent in the ranks. And I think a lot of this comes down, you know, because we have a lot of Tory MPs who are very unhappy about the lockdown measures, but we're very happy to go along with it. This doesn't necessarily affect them. The thing that I think is actually more interesting is the issue of patronage. It's the issue of influence in number 10. Who has the influence in number 10? Um, You probably know where I'm going with this. And that's the allegations over the influence of the prime minister's fiance. Now, the thing is right now in the short term, as we pointed out, Dominic Cummings, very well known, almost as well known as Boris Johnson at one point, but desperately unpopular. So what he says is not going to have that much of, of an impact with the public as with what Boris Johnson says, but with the MPs themselves, you suspect that a lot of them are sitting there thinking, well, Dominic Cummings may be, as, as he was described by David Cameron, a career psychopath, but I trust him to be telling the truth a lot more than Boris Johnson. And, and yeah, that is one of the key things, is that uh, Boris Johnson is not trusted to tell the truth, I think probably by, mm. by a number of his wives. Uh, to Boris. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it is a controversial statement that Boris yeah. has a difficult relationship with the truth. And I think this is the thing. A lot of the stuff about him, whether it's bumbling or whether it's dishonesty, infidelity, I mean, even you know the Jennifer Arcuri stuff, I've had people say, why are people not talking about this? I'll tell you why because it's all been discounted. Loads of allegations about Boris Johnson's um, infidelities and uh, and and uh, his, his proven proven occasions where he has lost jobs for falsehoods in newspapers and the like. And uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> that this is this is already baked in with Boris Johnson. So when people say, "Well, no one will possibly vote for this person as say Tory leader or as Tory prime minister," well, he was elected twice as Tory um, mayor of a staunch Labour voting city of London mm. twice when all of this stuff was already well known. This is not new revelations. He wasn't, you know, a saint who who we suddenly had these revelations about. People know this about Boris. He is a flawed character in so many different ways. 
But people either like him anyway, and people are entitled to. I mean, again, we don't write off people in our personal lives uh, who, who, because they're not perfect. None of us is perfect. Um, but there's also an element where, I mean, certainly for people like Brexiteers like myself, it was like, well, you know, he's going to get the job done. Um, mm. um, so so it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, here, here's the choice. Jeremy Corbyn, Boris Johnson. It's a no-brainer. For, yeah. Hey, unless you're anti-Semitic and and a, and a communist, it's a it's a no-brainer that one, as far as I'm concerned. Um, in 2019. Um, but the, but this is this is the thing, isn't it? It's it's how much this does damage him, given given where we are now. Polling-wise, he's been very very popular, hasn't he? Mm. And and that's and that's the interesting thing. Tory MPs are quite happy to have Boris Johnson as leader of the Tory Party while he is popular and winning votes. Simple as that. But there is no love for him. He was not a popular figure when he was an MP. He's not among them. So the moment he is not popular, he doesn't have that sort of, he doesn't have a sort of a a court of Tory MPs who are sort of solidly behind him no matter what and loyal. He Mm. doesn't have that. So it'd be interesting to see what does happen. But do you think that this will I mean, Dominic Cummings in a week, in a month's time, he's going to give evidence to a Commons committee, and we're told he's going to, you know, hand over his dossiers, going to loads of information. People, you know, people know who Dom Cummings is because of Barnard Castle. Do you do you think that that could? I mean, could it bring bring Boris Johnson down? Um, I don't think that this alone will bring Boris Johnson down. And I think, you know, it's fascinating, isn't it, that all sorts of enemies of Boris Johnson for so long turned Dominic Cummings sort of into the target of their ire that they have essentially discredited him themselves. So many people are pointing at him going, look, look at what he's saying. And everybody's going, well, you told us that this man was the devil. Why why should we be paying attention to the actual devil? Um, I think... As I say, long term, I think that this is this is going to be a sort of a very slow burner. I think that this is putting the seed in people's minds that mistakes were made over the lockdown. Um, yeah, and that pretty interesting things were said over the lockdown. If it then becomes the point uh, that the lockdowns become very, with hindsight, everybody starts going, oh, well, they were a very bad idea and I was always against them. You know, yeah. sort of people who are very pro them now. Um, this is about planting that seed in the public's mind, but also, as I say, in the MP's mind. And we have to remember here, the average Conservative MP is a very ambitious person. And you also need yeah. to remember why it is that Boris Johnson was very unpopular himself. That's because he was a major blockage to, he was a major threat to a lot of people's own careers Mm. right now he sits at the top of this pile and he is the person who has control over your career as a Tory MP well if there are suggestions that he's been bumbling but also that his decisions are not entirely his own that he's being influenced by other people and that there's a power struggle going on there Again, that that is a threat to you if you're a Tory MP to your yeah. own career for as long yeah. as he's there. So it hastens his demise the second things start to turn, rather than letting it will, them get it will, to a bad yes, situation. It will turn very quickly. But this is it. We have Michael Gove yesterday. Look, he is one of the people who is one of the powers behind the throne as uh, the yeah. uh, the cabinet office minister. He and Matt Hancock, uh, Valance and Witty, are basically running the show behind the scenes. Boris is not a, a, a hard worker. He's not somebody who does the detail. I, mean, I think it's become blatantly obvious in virtually mm. every press briefing. Um, but um, but but this idea that that's often been put out that, that Boris Johnson desperately doesn't want to do lockdowns, but he's been sort of dragged kicking and screaming into them. On some way, we're, but those of us who oppose the lockdowns are supposed to say, "Oh well, that's good." I think it's even worse that he genuinely his you know I don't believe for a moment he didn't say these things, let COVID rip or let the bodies pile high in their. Th- I don't believe for a moment he didn't say them. I think they're perfectly mm. things. I mean, and in anger doesn't mean he said doesn't mean he genuinely <clears throat> thought I want a load of people to die. He he yeah. just genuinely thought they were not a good idea. He's apparently also quoted as saying. 
There's no evidence that lockdowns work. He's quite right about that. The bit that I find frustrating is, is not the, the, the flowery, unpleasant language. And, you know, all of us have said, you know, uncouth things in our time. And if you haven't, then, you know, frankly, you're, you're a saint <laughs> and, and you're not real. But, um, but the key thing is, is that he didn't think they would work. He didn't think there was a purpose to them. And he mm. went along with them anyway because everyone was telling him to. I mean, if you're going to be prime minister, if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to put yourself in the position to make these life and death choices over people's lives, because, you know, people losing their livelihoods and people dying because they don't get cancer treatment is a life and death story as well as COVID. Um, you should have the courage of your convictions. And if you believe that, no, you, you should, if he'd come out and said, we, they're all telling me we should have lockdowns. Here's the evidence presented to me. And here's the other people, the Hennigans, the, the Guptas and mm. everybody telling you, oh, here's the international evidence showing that lockdowns don't work. And that's why we're not doing it. If he'd done that, I'd have had so much more, um, you know, in, you know, in, just, just in belief in him. But, but he just basically, he didn't believe in lockdowns, but he went for them anyway. I mean, it's a bit pathetic, mm. isn't it? It is. Um, and that's again, it's it's a weakness in Boris Johnson is his desire to be loved, his desire yeah. to be popular. And that includes, of course, people within the building that he works in. Um, you know, let's, we shouldn't get away with that. It's not that he has this view of the public in general and nothing else matters. Famously, of course, you know, he when he was foreign office uh, at the foreign office, he used to promise all kinds of things. And also when he was a mayor of London, he'd promise anything to anybody who was in the room with him. It was yeah. almost that sort of that's physical sense of disappointment that he couldn't countenance. But again, it's it's something that in the short term, for as long as lockdown and other associated policies remain popular, it's fine for him. He, he will keep treading water. The second that turns, that's when it becomes. And of course, what you're saying there is that he is being a weak prime minister. That will count doubly against him at that point. But as ever with Boris Johnson, we have yet to reach that point And we go on wondering when it'll happen. We yeah. assume it must come at some point. He's not indefinite. Uh, but, you know, but but. As of yet, I don't think that these particular revelations will be the no, one. I, I think I agree with you. 6.47 is the time. We'll look at all the front pages, talk about her stories, including Nazanin, Zagari, Ratcliffe uh, as well. And the battles over scones. Oh, they, I mean, I tell you what, we can start a fight over anything in this country. But um, uh, jam or clotted cream first. Don't shout at me. This is Talk Radio. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.